This is Breaking Through, a podcast brought to you by iMeg iStyle and L. In this podcast, we will take a dive into the tech startup ecosystem in the Netherlands. We'll explore what it takes for tech startups and spin-offs to get off the ground and become successful. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to our second episode of our podcast Breaking Through, a special one because we come to you from the leading startup event in Europe, Slush. We are here with a huge Dutch delegation comprised of startups, spin-ups, grown-ups, scale-ups, corporates and universities. My name is Sean van der Laar and with me is my co-host, the Cindy illustrious Cindy Marsman. Cindy, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great. I'm very excited. It's a uh, it's a big day today because we have uh, later on this day we have the final of the 40U Impact Challenge. Uh, the 40U is the foundation of the four technical universities working together to create more impact. And today our podcast is about the entrepreneurial university. Uh, what makes a university entre- entrepreneurial? And in this podcast, we would like to welcome two representatives of front-running universities in the Netherlands, making impact with entrepreneurship. Uh, Jaap Beerdink of the University of Twente and Sebastian Berense from the University of Wageningen. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Could you maybe give um, the listeners a short introduction of yourself and your role within the universities that you work for? Yeah, perfect. Shall I kick Go off? ahead. So, Sebastian, indeed, um, Corporate Director of Value Creation is the full-blown name of my role. And I may lead the third core task of the university. And that is indeed making an impact by having uh, the great research results and great education results that we do uh, really be applied in practice. So bring them to society and see them into product services, policies, or uh, whatever road that is fitting to get that uh, result into practice. And we do that through various roles, uh, through various ways. And one of them is indeed fostering entrepreneurship because it does. Let, let's let's focus on that later on, Sebastian, okay. if, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yes, I'll do a quick introduction. Then. Yeah, Jaap Beerning, uh, CEO of Novelty. And Novelty is responsible for almost everything we do at the University of Twente with respect to entrepreneurship. So both for the students and on, uh, researchers. Uh, cooperation with uh, regional SME companies. That's what we do at Novelty. Okay, thanks. Let's dive in. Let's say entrepreneurial universities. Uh, wh- what is the picture that you both have of an entrepreneurial university? You've been working in that like, this landscape for a longer period of time. Where did it start? How does it look like? Where is it going to? Yeah, you, you mentioned already fostering entrepreneurship. So maybe you can tell something about that. But for me, as a person, it started when I uh, I went to the university as a tu- student, and, uh, and it, 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 for me, it was pretty clear that entrepreneurship was a career option, and I think that's not the case at every university. So seeing entrepreneurship as a career option, uh, instead of going to corporate or instead of going into research, that that's a big thing to think about as a university if you want to become entrepreneurial. Uh, see it as a real career option for for me it was so I started my own company during my last year uh, at the master uh, and and I was supported in every way and that's I think the fostering entrepreneurship so if you allow people to think about entrepreneurship issue encourage them to 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 uh, to, to have the the guts to start uh, if they make that decision help them in any way you can as a university and there are multiple models of course to how to help students or researchers and and then to to help them in the first steps um, and I think yeah maybe you can tell something about start life for instance I think that's also a big big acceleration program in the Netherlands that really fosters entrepreneurship in a very specific niche 
So multiple ways of doing it, maybe. Yeah, awesome. it. yeah. thanks. Um, actually, to me, going back a little, was also during studies. I, I studied a business administration at the Rotterdam School of Management, so I did not come from a technical background, but my father was an entrepreneur and built up his own company. So I thought, okay, that's a great study to start uh, uh, and become a director later on at a large company. But um, uh, in directly the first year, we had to write a business plan for a new company. And so we were challenged to think about what it is that you need to do to make a, a product and a, and, a, and a company prosper in, in the marketplace. And ever since, so that's already over 30 years ago, it, it sort of struck me. And, and what we do at Wageningen is um, to bring an entrepreneurial mindset and, and uh, what it takes to get innovations into practice is quite challenging. So you need the best solution but that doesn't necessarily make make a good company so you also need good teams and partners uh, as well as investors but particularly a good plan to really map out what what needs to be done and that's what we teach not only in courses and we slot in with all bachelor and master programs uh, entrepreneurial courses so each uh, student that comes to our university is sort of uh, tickled at least with uh, entrepreneurial zest and if they then uh, would like to do something, then we invite them over to our uh, student incubator to uh, learn the ropes a little bit and, and, and see what it actually takes to get a company going. Sebastian, you're, you're from a, uh, a university where you talk a lot about nurture and nature. Yeah. Um, is this something, and, and it's quite obvious, let's say, that you say, well, entrepreneurial skills are important to bring that into a university setting. Is this something that you can learn? Um, yes, I am fully aware that, that it can be learned, but not everybody will be an entrepreneur. So an entrepreneurial mindset and skill set, what we would like to get across to all our students is that breaking down the pathway towards uh, market entry and, and towards uh, uh, company growth or a product in the marketplace there, uh, breaking down that pathway, see what needs to be done and whom, whom else you would need to get that done is a skill set that will help you in any job or any walk of life, actually, if you come as an alum from a university with a, the latest body of knowledge, but then getting that into, uh, into applications is not that easy. If it's at a large company or at a, a research institute or at, at a government, the same skill set is still needed. And what, but, but what I think also for universities to really think about is why do you want to be an entrepreneurial university? And I think there are two, two, two things in, in, in that part. That's entrepreneurial mindset as a skill set or a mindset for people, um, uh, for everybody at the university to, to be more um, uh, proactive, uh, entrepreneurial, etc. So that's, that's a skill set for academic people, I think. It would really add value to the, the more traditional um, uh, academic values and, and beliefs. The other one is, the other reason to, uh, to think about becoming an entrepreneurial university is that you see entrepreneurship as a way to create impact with the knowledge you generated at the university. So it's, it's one, to generate uh, new knowledge. It's two, to make impact with it. And, and for us at, in, in Twente, it's, it's a big thing. A, a big road to impact is via a, a spin-off company. So using the knowledge via a spin-off company and translate it in that way, way to the market. So that's that, but it can differ from university to university. So you also need an entrepreneurial mindset to cooperate a lot with industry, for instance. And that's a different pathway to to impact. Um, besides, be, be uh, a pathway with spin-off companies. 
you, you've been to, also Sebastian mentioned it already. Let's say it's not a single track uh, thing. Uh, you need more parties, let's say, in the end to create that impact, uh, mm-hmm. because otherwise it would not be useful to have an entrepreneurial university. Mm-hmm. How would that look like? Say, are you, are you front runners in such an ecosystem, or is it something that you depend on other parties? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah, you, of course, you need to uh, collaborate with a lot of other stakeholders in order to get things really into motion. And we're at the forefront, and there are many transitions that we're facing as a society as a whole that you you can't depend on on knowledge generation alone as a university with great research or you can't depend on one of the greatest assets towards society are actually our alumni graduating and uh, finding their way into society but still um, scaling up solutions or uh, putting uh, legislation uh, in such a place that it really fosters uh, new ways of uh, looking or dealing with challenges that we see as a, as, a, as a society. Only then in that collaboration you can really make um, uh, move the needle uh, towards impact and really address those transitions that we need to, to tackle. For example, in um, really getting into uh, nature-based solutions. So you mentioned nurture nature. One of the big challenges is, of course, stepping away from a, a petrochemical feedstock in materials, in building materials, but also in, in, in food, in clothing, in everything. Well, that is a technical challenge. Can you make it? Uh, but it's also um, uh, a challenge of really getting those solutions into, uh, into use where you need all those other stakeholders, the governmental academic but also particularly uh, industry and startup entrepreneurs who can move the needle even faster because they're so focused and need to uh, get to market Mm -hmm. speedy especially also when it's more disruptive technology yeah Yeah. and how uh, are are you guys working on on these challenges within the university that you work for could you also might give some examples on that yeah, so um, one of the uh, challenges that we saw, in, in uh, particularly in the agricultural field, is that there are many new technologies really um, open and to be used in, in, in censoring diagnostics of, of animals, for example, but also in seeing um, uh, we need to foster more agricultural production to feed the world population. Uh, because in the upcoming uh, two, three decades, we're gonna, we just reached just last week uh, 8 billion people in, in this globe. It will go towards a 10 billion uh, number. In order to feed those people, we have actually already the right part produce now, but it's wasted partially. Um, and it's not always produced at the right um, uh, location. So how then to use new technologies in order to address uh, um, uh, feeding the population that grows and that's where, where for example, we colla- collaborate uh, with IMEC um, in the One Planet Institute together with Radboud University and Radboud Medical Center mm-hmm. in order to see how can we um, join forces with the different capacities of those research institutes to come up with solutions that address particularly this challenge because there's only one planet, hence the name of this yep. initiative. Thanks. So and 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 so that based on research, focus also on research. But after the, what what do you do together to to get the outcome of the research really into practice and to solve the problem? I think that's where also spin-off 
plays a part also also for you and yeah. if that's for instance that does medtech is a really big big thing in twente and um if we make very practical we we start with scouting so we we try to look within the university who is uh, shows some entrepreneurial behavior from that research stuff uh, or who has a great idea that we can make a business out of it and then we start already in the very early phase of the research telling or speaking with them and discussing with them about the opportunities of entrepreneurship is it also for them an opportunity to to start with their next step in the in the career or not and then we try to see okay if it's not the team that's willing to do is the idea still strong enough to build a team around we're not going to build a team. Then, in that part, we see, okay, we can do some business development and we can help it, but then we try to find other people who are willing well, to step are in. What typical challenges that you see with uh, mainly researchers that are thinking of creating a spin-off company? They come from a completely different background. Um, it must be so, not an obvious No, but I think in, 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 in science, Entrepreneurial behavior is not that strange. So um, uh, people are very competitive. They are uh, goal-driven, etc. So there are characteristics of people that are really com- comparable with entrepreneurs that you see within science. What I think is a very big issue within universities is the time and the acknowledgement and the, the valuation of and, and the freedom and space to put attention and time into entrepreneurship. So if, if the... the um, uh, the, the dean, for instance, or the, the the manager doesn't pay any attention to entrepreneurial behavior, or does not give any space to uh, 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 show entrepreneurial behavior. Then that's a complete no go. Then for spin-off creation, as as far as we can see. So in the, in the the fuckgroupen, um, chair groups, chair groups. Uh, if 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 there is space for entrepreneurship, then we see a flourishing spin-off population starting up there but if it's not then it's completely dead over there so the the the, the managers of uh, of those chairs play a, the, play a very important role in allowing others to flourish as startup entrepreneurs if you look at it as a as a system uh, sebastian what, what kind of building blocks would you need so one of them is actually let's say being on top of it and and just finding out let's say what's going on in these different faculties well another another building block next to leading by example i would yeah. say is um, uh, research results also stem from uh, projects. And there's a wide variety of project funding uh, uh, that come with them. And that means that uh, project results, and particularly IPR, always have uh, a history, not only within the project and the funding, but also with the project partners that were already there. So a building block would be better understanding where did the uh, uh, kernels of a potential new company actually come from and what do we need to... Uh, organized in such a way that this company can flourish, as well as acknowledge that there is a history with this IPR attached, both financial, but also um, with regulations comparing to state aid, but also with the the project partners that were already there. So the knowledge transfer um, of IPR towards the spin-off is a very important building block um, in such a way that it can uh, uh, help the company tremendously, but we also have to acknowledge that usually those uh, results come from publicly funded research. And that's a dance which we can do um, better and faster as a university to get those deals and um, transfer uh, agreements uh, done faster. That's why we are collaborating also as for technical universities to do that deal making uh, more quickly and also more aligned. Um, and that's an important building block because only after and with it, the company and the team has to do uh, the actual work. 
And then a, a third building block would be the relationship that such a company has with the uh, institute where it come from to really, because usually it's so early stage that it still needs lots of work to be done. How can we then um, well help each other in such a way that it is both beneficial to the university in terms of research and education uh, to see that company uh, 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 grow as well as that the company actually makes traction. Yeah, you mentioned the word dance. I think that's also an interesting dance to the relation with the university. So in the, in the early phase of the startup and the spin-off, it's very important to have a close and tight relationship within the, the faculties and uh, within the chairs. But if, if that takes too long, if they stay too long in the, uh, uh, in, in, in the chair, for instance, then they most of the time spend too much time on research also in a phase that is not needed anymore in that depth. So you should get out of the building, the research building at a certain moment. So that's also a, a very delicate dance, I think, that you need a close relation, but at a certain moment you need to untie you a little bit more from the university. And that's where also your ecosystem comes in. So at Wageningen and in Twente, we have uh, very nice campuses also around the universities uh, where you can get out of your research building, but stay in the environment of the university, stay close to the university that you can always... And you're nearby. Uh, one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, but we have yeah. incubator buildings for, for uh, high-tech factory, um, a med-tech factory building now. We have funds, etc. And that's outside the university. And that's very important to, to go to at a certain moment. And uh, how important is also, we already talked about the collaboration um, around the, these ecosystems on, on a regional level. Um, talking about the collaboration on a more national level within the 4TU, how important is that to be more entrepreneurial? Well, uh, Sebastian just mentioned the deal terms, uh, those kind of things. So, so how can we improve the way we handle uh, uh, tech transfer to spin-off companies how, and the processes? Can, can we align on them? Can we go to an maybe national standards to, to start with, uh, uh, that at least you know what you can expect a little bit, uh, be transparent about it, and also to, to learn from each other's experiences, um, uh, to, to, to have the most entrepreneurial-friendly deal terms we can have and, and Um, those are things that are really valuable to do together. Things like we're doing now in Slush. Eh? If you see, if, if we went alone as, as Novelty in the University of Twente, we would be here with 20, 30 people maybe. And now we're here with a, a delegation of 180 people. And that opens up other doors that we could not open ourselves. So also in these kind of things, it's very important to uh, uh, to have close relationships. and to Precisely. To add to that, so next to how we do things and we sort of learn from one another it's also doing it together and not only having the uh, student challenge um, uh, finale here at slash is also uh, doing it together kicking those companies and 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 very early on uh, entrepreneurs into the slash domain learn from that see to uh, pitches how other companies do that but also talk to uh, investors and other uh, startups there to know what it takes to become a scalable company. So it's doing it together as technical universities and yet again even enhancing uh, the already running programs that we have nationwide where we foster the best scalable spin-offs in circular technologies, in medical technologies as well as in um, smart industry, um, which we do together with uh, venture partners and, and venture capital funds to really get the best spin-offs started off or early But then probably with joint IPR, with joint teams coming from different universities, because usually one patent is not a company, one founder is also not uh, a team. So you need to get the right mindset and people together yeah. as well as the IPR. I'm interested in that one, if I, if I may. Um, so th there was a past where this was not a logical thing to do. 
there was more of a competitive feeling then or a feeling maybe to to take up joint generation and to do stuff like this well it it helps something to say that that if we connect it to the future is this something that you would pursue that this is more of a stronger thing a joint effort but also a joint result yeah but what is key and i think that's where generation comes in um Every university research institute, because Wageningen is also an applied research institute, um, as well as TNO and others in the Netherlands, everybody is really good in, in some particular competences. Build upon that and see how other competences of others can strengthen then the pathway towards innovation and pathway towards impact. And then see to it that you do uh, match those competences. And that's, I think, something that came along, I would say, five, six years ago, uh, instead of uh, everybody just shouting uh, their own region or their own university and, and saying they were uh, best. Yeah, they're good. But the international competition, it's out there. It's beyond the nation's borders. So uh, we need to align and get our priorities right because we compete uh, internationally. Yeah, I, I really like to think in one technical university in the Netherlands with different domains, different uh, locations, etc. That That's, for me, that that's a future that, maybe it really lies ahead but it, it helps to think in that way and it enables if you trust each other and if you know what what the strengths and weaknesses of the other uh, your, your partners are then you can really team up and that's that's what we're now doing more than ever i think does it help let's say in a way that you have an organization like tech leap that is really promoting this kind of uh joined efforts working together uh finding out where your loopholes are or your your blank spots are uh filling that in or or how do you see that I, I think that Techleap does great things, but I'm, but I'm not so objective in in that part. But but I'm not sure if they if, if it really helped to, uh, to to join forces more than than ever for us. I, I think we did it anyway. It's more bottom because up it's more about it. international competition uh, that, that drives us, um, not not in, in in the country itself. And of course, Techleap make it helps being get spin-offs and startups on a national level in in a bigger picture. Um, but for us, it does not necessarily means that we needed to do more together. That was no. What I would say is, uh, TechLib and particularly Constantin uh, challenged uh, in in a way. Uh, okay, if we would like to be the best uh, startup nation in in Europe or in the world, then what do we do about it? And that's when the forty years. Okay, wait, of course we're going to uh, collaborate in order to make that happen because uh, the, the the best companies come from. Technical universities in Tino, and that's um, uh, something we are obliged to do. So, noblesse oblige to do that, step beyond our own individual borders and help out. Because one of the things I would like to mention, which I really like about the first uh, kernels of, of, of TechLeap, is that Constantine presented a map of the Netherlands and plotted on it um, the large uh, startup ecosystems that were already there, like Silicon Valley, like um, uh, London and, and, and Paris, uh, metropolitan region. And then if you put those on the Dutch map, you see that the Netherlands is such a wee, tiny country that you should really go beyond your individual regional borders yep. to collaborate internationally yeah thank you so much for your insights um last question for now uh looking towards the future what will happen next with the entrepreneurial uh universities in the netherlands well, um, maybe a, a short vision um for both of you yeah if i may start what 
I see slowly developing, but what is also sort of a wish or a dream is that we have uh, more of a kickback from our entrepreneurs that uh, uh, did well, did great, were the leading example. So they come back to university and not only to uh, show and tell, but also to uh, take part in um, alumni-funded uh, early-stage uh, project funding or, or voucher funding for new, for new startups. So we get a kickback in terms of network and in terms of inspiration, but also in terms of cash from established entrepreneurs. Yeah, and, and um, we, we're now also together creating a new vision, new strategy, and also new action plan on how to, what's, what's our next step, next phase in valorization and impact. Uh, and that will be also part of the growth fund. Uh, so that will also mean a very big leap, I think, for every university that joins in, in, in that per- perspective. So hopefully that can that, that enables us to make a real transition to uh, a 2.0 or 3.0 university with respect to federalization. Uh, really eager to, uh, to to compete on an international level as a country. And do we um, do we need more entrepreneurial uh, or maybe more technical universities in the Netherlands? No, no. I think I just mentioned one maybe in one. the future. Yeah, one big one. But not, not more, With contributions no. from all the universities in the Netherlands. Maybe, yeah. Thank you. Big dreams. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Breaking Through podcast brought to you by Amakaisa.nl. If you liked it, please share it via your social media channels and tune in on the next episode.